0: Hey. Hey. Um so today we are going to be doing a very special episode because Meg and I are going to be doing a joint episode which we don't normally get to do. We um, do not. <laughs> We normally have so much story to tell you that it has to be broken up. One at a time. <laughs> and also, uh, both of us are big con- procrastinators, so we don't always get our episodes down on the same time. No no no. <laughs> no, no, no. This one's also really cool because it's like kind of the core of our idea for this podcast, which was just talking about like spooky spots. Yeah. And then like go in there sometimes when we can exactly which uh you know and it's actually grown the idea has grown a lot but it's still like it's still the same core idea of like yeah, yeah but this is like spooky spots yeah like the, the we actual love those spooky spots. we love them spooky spots so i'm gonna go ahead and kick us off also just uh fyi meg uh she's getting over a little sinus infection so she's, she's a little sniffly today I'm a little sniffly um Can't help it and i'm sorry Tacoma Old City Hall. We used to hang around in old old downtown Tacoma um quite often when we lived over there. all, all the time. Um That's where we hung out. Yeah, that's uh what we what we did with our lives. I never actually went there though. I I don't think that I've actually um went there either, so that's kinda the fun part too, is like you well, know maybe we'll go back. Maybe. Um I don't think it was ever actually like open. Me. It wasn't during the time, which I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about like kind of the history and what, what it happened, um, with the building and stuff. Um, so we'll get into it pretty, pretty quickly here. This building was built in 1893. Um, it was reminiscent of Italian Renaissance architecture. Um, the building cost about $250,000 to build, which would be about $7.4 million today. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, it has really tall windows and it's actually like a really beautiful building. It's got this big clock on it, uh, that you can see pretty much all over downtown. Uh, like from the top. Yeah, it's cool. It's so pretty. It was like, it was entered on to the National Registry of Historic, uh, places in 1974. Um, when the Delphinium Garden Club saved it because it was set to be, it was set to be demolished since it is really, um, it's not like a cost efficient place to run. Okay. Which I'll kind of talk about like why and, uh, what, what the, the building has gone through over the years and stuff like that. Did they say what they wanted to like, knock it down for? Um, just because they, they wanted to build new, new places. Like in that, that time, like the 70s, it was a really big, like, I want to say economic boom because that's not really what was happening. But like they were doing a lot of new construction and a lot of renovations. That's why most places um have asbestos in them because, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, in the 70s, that's all they were putting in anything. They were right. like, oh, here's some paint. Let's just put some asbestos in it for no real reason. Um, <laughs> uh, But like and that's why you have like a lot of that uh from that time period because everything was like, let's redo it. Yeah. Um, and when they saw this, they saw like the cost of the project versus like the outcome of the project and decided that it wouldn't really be too worth it. Too cost effective. Yeah. So sorry. I was just checking for Oscar because he disappeared into the closet. Yeah, he's in the, I think he's in that little mail. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He's, he's just disappeared into At the least he has been quiet. <gasps> a rare, a rare occasion for Oscar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like, I just thought it was really funny that a garden club was the one who was like, we have to save this building. It is interesting. <laughs> and I kind of want to do more research into the Delphinium Garden Club when I don't have like a whole bunch of other research that I should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know. <laughs> you know, all in good time. Yes. So this building was active as the city hall from 1893 to 1957. Um, it was like a public library. The city government was located there. All the attorney's offices for the city were there and also it had a jail in it. Um, which the jail is said to be kind of where like the ghosties come from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of fun. In the 1980s, um, the, they decided, um, after it was saved to revitalize the building. Um, and it like hit a high point in the 1990s where it had about 40 tenants. So just like rented out little shops, kind of what, uh, like, they're, like we have a building called the Freight House Square and there's yeah. little like stores yeah, yeah. in there. That's kind of what it was, but on a much bigger scale. There was restaurants and it was just like a happening place to be. I volunteered one year at Freight House Square to be like a volunteer scary person. I did that, too. Did you? And yes. you got, like, credit for it, and all they gave you was, like, pizza? Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, that. It was so weird. It was weird, but it was fun. Yeah, it was. And then, like, you went home, and you were just covered in makeup, and you're like, what do I do now? Oh, my gosh. I, one time I was in, uh like, the blackout rooms, like, where you, you know, you have, like, little glowy stars on you, and but everything else is just, like, completely darked uh-huh. out and, like, black clothes and stuff. And I like could not get the face paint off of my face to like save my life. I had to do like so many face masks. I, like, I don't want people to think I'm doing blackface. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, yeah. and also there was a super creep because Kaylee did it with me. Um, one of my other friends from high school, she did it with me. And the super creep, he was probably like, I don't know, 26, 27 was like, trying to make out with all the girls and we were no, 15 at the yeah, time no yeah i mean like i don't remember that oh, it, but yeah i believe it gross so because how does you know i'm not even gonna question it like i don't even know where all those people came from it was just a weird little side no. thing in basement of freight house square oh he <laughs> just did it for the credit you know <laughs> what did the credit go to i don't remember i think it was like a I don't think it was a humanity. I think it was like a health credit or something. A health credit? Oh, God. I know, because I didn't, you know, I I really didn't want to uh, sit through Shapiro's class. So I think, <laughs> I think it might have counted as like a theater credit or something. Oh, you know, it might have. Yeah. Because, like I took a Renaissance major and I didn't want to actually do theater. <laughs> I was there, like, well, you have to do something theatrical. And I was like, OK, I'll do this, I suppose. <laughs> I was just like, you know, a crazy person in like a straight jacket or something. I was, yeah. You could, you could play that well. And then they fed us pizza and that was like our payment. And, um, all the good pizza was always gone by like the time I got to it. There was only like vegetarian pizza left. And I was like, of course. I mean, I like vegetarian pizza, so I'll take it, but also this is fucking bullshit. They really got their their uh, money's worth uh, out of all those teenagers. out of them volunteers, yeah, uh-huh. and anyway. random adults that would go there. And those <laughs> random creepers got their money somehow. I mean, like it was a different time. Creepers were pretty normal. Different time downtown Tacoma. Uh, yeah. You know, happen in place. Happen in place. It hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in two thousand eight, uh, pretty much anybody who is American knows that uh, our country basically like melted down um and that's when the last business actually vacated the building um it was recently purchased by a new company and i can't exactly i don't off the top of my head remember um what the company is is called because it's something weird um but it is actually set to reopen in 2024 because they're redoing a lot of downtown tacoma and um, I noticed that last time I was down there. It's yeah, like completely different. It really is, and what s- I remember it being. Yeah. So they're trying to get it back to like kind of where it was in the '90s, like with all those businesses and restaurants and stuff into it. Uh-huh. Um. So it'll be interesting with, oh, what comes out of it, but you no, know, it's just like bars and beer yes. gardens and like restaurants. And yeah. That's probably honestly what it's going to be That's like, basically, right? Because downtown Tacoma really needs like another hipster brewery, right? Another one can't hurt. Can't hurt. So, um, the lead architect on the project was named Edward Hatherton. Um, he was, um, a really cool guy. He did a lot of buildings and he was really successful. Um, and like, if you see the architecture of the, of the building, you know that it was, it was very well done and, uh, really beautifully planned out. Um, especially because it's like stood the test of time, you know, um, obviously 1893 was just like yesterday, but, Uh, that building still pretty much looks exactly the way it did in the in the time that it was built. Okay. Um He unfortunately lost all of his wealth due to the city um going bankrupt and not being able to pay him for his work any longer. Wait, what year was that? Um I I don't it was after it was finished. So it was probably around like built it and then they're like yeah. Sorry. Yeah, basically. We got like no money for the, you. the late eighteen nineties. Oh, what it is. Man. And and so Tacoma went bankrupt and he ended up um committing suicide.
1: Oh, he didn't yeah. didn't like
0: sue them or take them to court? No. It was called the Financial Panic. That's what what that was. What the time was called, uh-huh. um, and if I'm not wrong, I think it was actually like part of the Great Depression. What, what years was that? Hold on, pre Depression, you know? Um, so it was it was just before the Depression hit. Um, in the 1920s, okay. Um, but this was like kind of leading into it, where people were spending all this money to get like their towns built up, and then they didn't really have anything to back it. So throughout the 1970s. In this building, the police were called all the time, just oh. constantly coming out to this building because the lights would be like flickering at random, just turning off and on. And when they got there, no intruders were ever found. So wait, how long had it been abandoned since that point? Like, it was actually still being used. So it, was uh, it used? W- oh, up okay. until 1957, it was used as like the government building. Uh. And then after that, they started like farming out and, and um, it kind of like reached a super lull at that time like it was pretty it wasn't like abandoned but it wasn't really used for anything um and then the 1980s is when it like shut down revitalized no it was when it was revitalized it was the 1990s when it was like oh no sorry 2008 is when it was like completely shut down got it okay 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 but like from the 1980s to the early 1990s is when it like hit its high point got it okay but the whole 1970s Police were just like constantly called out there in the middle of the night, like, and they were always like super pissed about it because it was like they were call- like, I mean, I understand that like constantly being called to a building, um, and I then know, not finding indeed. anybody, yeah, yeah. and they're like just just because lights would flicker on and off, um, fire alarms would constantly go off, like it would be at least once a night. Oh, um, the very first claim of it was in 1974, okay. um, of the the fire alarms. Um, and then, and on February eighteenth, nineteen seventy four the police were again called to the building after like repeated fire alarms with no explanation. Mm-hmm. so they would like extensively search the building, and this was also before carbon monoxide. so like I know what you're thinking, like maybe it was a carbon monoxide uh, alarm, but alarm, yeah, they didn't give a fuck about carbon carbon monoxide at that's the time. True, so it's true. Uh, I it was like, uh, he just like went to sleep and just did not wake up, I guess. so wait one second. so did you I'm so sorry, did you tell me, um? Like, did the guy, the architect, like, commit suicide there? Not in that building, uh, no. Okay. He did it at home. But, yeah. like, oh, okay. it's kind of just, like, interesting that this, like, building that's really important to Tacoma's history, like, kicked off with a suicide. That is interesting. <laughs> so... What a way to start. Right? I mean, like, it seems like it was almost basically doomed from the beginning. But, you know, whatever. I yes. I hope this 2024 revitalization really sticks <laughs> I bet you if we asked any of those people that are working in that building, like what their experiences are, they would have some wild stories. Oh, yeah. Well, and then like when the restaurant was running down there, like bottles were constantly being knocked off the, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, um, to, to go City Hall is pretty cool. I would definitely check it out. Um, I would like to go there. It's, uh, yeah. It's a cool oh, building. I have my list. 2020. Um, 2024. of <laughs> the <laughs> um, Next, we have the Oxford Saloon. Um, that building, um, it, it's actually is still a restaurant in Snow The second floor is currently, uh, rented out for offices. And the third floor of the building was always used as like a brothel, like how, like they called it, um, they, they called them like hotel rooms, but everybody kind of knew what was happening up there. Yeah. Um, purpose building. <laughs> yes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Not as cool as Billy's Bar, but you know, <laughs> no, it's a multi-purpose building. It's a multi-purpose building. I have some on the bottom floor, a brothel on the top, and makes sense. Offices in the middle, like absolutely, and running theme, like it's a way to do business. <laughs> yes. That's what they that's a, that was their format, I that guess. The format and makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was built in the 1900s, originally as Blackman's Dry Goods, Um and then it was like that for a decade. Um, they changed owners and uses and eventually it became a saloon where it like, you know, continuously changed names quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually kept the theme of, um, naming it after the person who actually, um, owned it first, uh, whose last name was Blackman. Um, but then it eventually became the Oxford Saloon. So the ro- the rooms were like intended to be a boarding house. And those are the ones, like, it was intentional for it to be a boarding house, but those okay. are the rooms that, uh, became the brothel. Got it. Um, so there is, it was claimed, like, the brothel was claimed to be, uh, ran by a woman named, like, Kathleen or Catherine. It's kind of like, it's been recorded as both. Okay. Um, so I always thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, those are similar names, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, they, they both can go by Kathy, right? Yep. So we'll, we'll call her Kathy. Kath. <laughs> hey, Kath. Okay. Um, first name basis, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there were frequent violent fights here. Like, it was one of those where people got wild. Uh, um, especially like around the basement and the card room. Uh, like, um, which, so the basement, they would have like gambling games and stuff like sure. that. And so like right in between there is where it was set to get like really violent for some reason. There would just be a lot of fights. No, I mean, people settled their differences a lot differently back then. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I'm a little yeah. envious of it, but like, you know, they just, they just settled their differences so fast there. It was just like, Oh, you're being a jerk. Cool. Let's fight about it. Let's fight about it. And I don't feel really I think times have changed. I mean, yeah, we just, we post online about it now. No, we just record it now. And then uh, nobody expects to get popped in the mouth, which. Yeah. You know. you know? It's a thing. Hurts. Absolutely. Yeah. It does. One is a woman named Amelia. Okay. So, um, she, Kathleen is said to be like an older woman with a purple dress and purple bows that kind of goes around. Um, and they've been like said to make fun of people a lot. Um, Amelia was actually a girl, unfortunately, who was forced into prostitution. Mm -hmm. Um, she was found in a closet, like, curled up. Um, and it was unknown if she was murdered or if she committed suicide. Oh my God. She was just murdered maybe there? She was murdered maybe there. Um, at that time, they really could care less. So it was never really investigated. Who buried her? Um, I'm sure, like, she just was buried by the town people. I don't know. It's not, there's not a lot known about Amelia. Um, they just know that it's not Kathleen. Cause there's like two very clear women ghosts. Like, Oh, that's spooky. so, um, but like, and, and when they read, read the history and stuff, it's, it's a lot in the room that she was found in. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's kind of the thing is like, they kind of wrote it off as a suicide and they never like recorded anything about like how she died or anything like that. They were they just like, no information. Oh man. Another dead person. Another dead lady. Shoot. We better bury her. Exactly. Um, and then Stop. the other one is named Henry. Um, and Henry was a policeman who would moonlight as a bouncer. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that like moonlighting was really needed back then. I thought like, you know, police officers were just police officers, but apparently he like bounced at this Oxford saloon, which but based on how crazy it got, like, I imagine he was very busy. Yeah. I imagine so. As moonlighting. Yes. Police officer. He, he was actually stabbed in the confusion of a fight. So, like, the whole bar broke out in a fight and he was unfortunately a victim of Somebody just knifing around. What year was those? Um, I it didn't actually say. Okay. I was um, wondering if it was like during that prohibition era. It probably it was it was right around the nineteen twenties, because that's when it became like yeah. the Oxford saloon. So yeah, it absolutely it would have was. been right around that era. And then, yeah. Um things just you know, with the liquor being so um toxic because a lot of it was made from like made from um home. what? Made from home. Made from home and also made from trees like yeah. the sugar was made from trees. Okay. Um and that had the fermentation process and that is really really toxic. Oh, interesting. so people would get like violently ill and die all the time from the alcohol during that period of time. Um which actually like what it kind of sucked extra because it fueled the like the claims of the need for prohibition. Uh-huh. Cuz people were dying from alcohol poisoning. Uh, yeah, But, exactly, but it was because they were not like allowed Allowed to to, make out. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like one of those like unfortunate side effects that like reinforced this that shouldn't have. Right. It just kind of sucked. Um, he's been seen a lot around like the stairs and in the basement, uh, like the stairs going down to the basement and in the basement and also in the ladies room. Ew. Because he was known to be a little butt pinch'er, like he would be all about them ladies. Um, so it is, yeah. It is said he like he pinches women's butts still. What a creep! Even in death, even in death. I mean, stay true to yourself. I, I mean, yeah, I guess. That's also, like, don't once be once a creep, all a, always a creep. Once Can a we meet you a, a ghost? Is that a thing? <laughs> um, they don't. Shoot, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you I'll know what? Rope you, Henry, the police officer from Ochoa Saloon. You have been me too'. So. <laughs> so there, so there. Um, and so yeah, um, it's a it now operates as a restaurant. In two thousand five, the Washington State Ghost Society. Ew. investigated the saloon how are we not a part of this i don't know but it sounds like something i definitely need to be a part up? of i have no idea we need to sign up though okay, okay that'd okay. be so fun that would be fun um the visit was taped um and you can hear like male echoes throughout the building and also children's voices and it's kind of unclear if they were laughing or crying i'm gonna go with laughing because <laughs> you know that's better that's better <laughs> <laughs> it's just better um, and then like on the top floor, uh keys have fallen out of locks a lot. Like, um and they like can they're hear pushed out of the lock. Yeah. Oh weird. And like pulled out. Basically, like from the inside. Like oh. like um uh, when people are trying to unlock it, like they go to I don't know, they go to like put it in and then yeah. um, because 'cause they're old style locks. So you kinda have to leave the key in and then open oh, the door. I see. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but like and then like Women's voices are heard saying like, I dropped the keys to my room in like a super mocking t- tone. So they think that those are, that's Kathleen. They just Cause like, really mocking in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. They're like super bitches. <laughs> um, <It's Kathy. laughs> yeah, right? and then also like, um, furniture has been set to be rearranged <laughs> in the rooms while they're like locked and people are out, right. like not, not while they're in there. Um, and then they like have some photos that were taken. I think it was actually the Washington State Go Society that took them, but like they have like shadowy figures in the background and stuff. Can I see them? I don't have them here. Okay. I can, I can pull them up at a later time and okay. we can, uh, share them to our Instagram. So fun. When we make an Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> We should have done that. We should have done some other thing. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Um, and next we're gonna go to the Hotel de Haro, Hotel de Haro, which is also known as the Roche Harbor Resort. Roche Harbor Resort. Um, it actually, it's it's in Roche Harbor. It is. is that? Um, it's like up on the Olympic Peninsula. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Is it? it is a beautiful resort. I. I would like to stay here um for a number of different reasons, mostly because it's just very gorgeous and it's in like a really nice area. Yeah, Peninsula is like one of my favorite places. Oh my gosh, me too. Um, it was built in 1886 by John McMillan. Um, he was McMillan. He was a lawyer uh, from Tacoma who actually discovered a large rich lime deposit in the area. Uh-huh. Um and so he needed a place for the workers to stay cuz he like started a um lime comp- or a lime like mining company. Um and so he just built a 20 room hotel to start with. Um and then from nice. there the town like actually like really grew. It really grew, yeah, like around the hotel. Yes. Um, in 1956, Reuben J. Tart bought 4,000 miles of Roche Harbor and he ended up restoring the, like, just the warehouse that they, they worked out of and then the hotel. Okay. So, like, it's actually been kind of recently, uh, restored. Interesting. Um, so on the grounds of this hotel, uh, the McMillan family has a mausoleum. Which I think I think is really interesting, like people that build mausoleums on like their property, like not in a cemetery or anything. Well, I mean, when you think about it, like your property kind of is your cemetery. It's really expensive to be yeah. tied to a cemetery. yeah, but no, he built this like gorgeous circular um a circular mausoleum, and it has um enough room in the middle for a table with chairs, and there's a chair for everybody in the family. uh-huh. And they have like columns, and each person is entombed in the column. Um That is very elaborate. It is, and it's a gorgeous, and it's like out. So they have like woods behind this hotel, uh-huh. and there's like a little trail that goes out to it, and it's set to be very peaceful, but it's also said to be like super haunted. I can't wait. I um, can't. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> um, so the stone table, um, like are said to be. It's said to be occupied every once in a while for them to like share a meal together. Um, and then each column, like, so there's a column for each member and then there's one broken column to symbolize like unfinished work or like left behind work. Cause he was a really big, um, mason. Oh, okay. Like, um, from, from the mason group. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's like a mason print or a mason principle is the columns and stuff like that. So. Um, you never know what secret shit he was doing because, as you know, we don't know. I wonder what, what kind of tunnels are under. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm, Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Um, and then there's also, um, Ada Beanie, who was actually the governess and secretary for the McMillan family. Okay. Um, in the 1950s, the new owners of the Roche Harbor Resort, um, found her ashes when they were like when they were going through the house and the hotel to restore it. Interesting. And instead of like keeping them in there in the house, they decided to entomb them in the mausoleum with all the other Macmillan family. That makes sense. However, this really pissed her off. Oh. Because she was like, I don't want to be with these goddamn people. I finally escaped them. Like now I have to serve them in death. So she... <laughs> so, like, this is actually supposed to be the catalyst for the haunting of the whole area. Okay. So they pissed off the wrong lady. They pissed off the wrong lady. Like, everything was peaceful. You know, they just had a meal every once in a while. But right. now this bitch has to go and serve the meal, and she is pissed about it. Okay, okay, okay. So Ada Beanie, um, Did you they know, move her she... Back? What? Did no, they, they didn't. They're... She's still entombed. What a dumb thing to do. I know. I'm like... I <sighs> want you just move her? I don't know. Like, I guess she, she was really happy in the house. Right. And, you know, just doing her own thing. Exactly. It it is a beautiful mausoleum, but like, come on. Um, she is set to really play pranks on the guests and like turns the light, lights off and on all the time. Um, this is a pretty seasonal resort. So they bring people in to work for the summer times and stuff. And, um, her room is actually set to be like the most haunted place on the property. Um, and she has been known to actually, like, shake the bed when the employees are in them. Oh, so, sleeping? Yeah, so, like, a lot of employees will not stay there they if they're returning. They're just like, nah, the new guy gets that room. Oh. <laughs> so, so let's get kind of fun. But that is the, um, the, the hotel. Um, this one I'm actually not going to go into too much because I have a whole episode about it. It's a Triangle of Fire. Um, it was a, um... A group of three military bases, um, naval bases that are that were set to just guard the Puget Sound from invasion uh, in the early 18 or in the 18 late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, in the 1950s, like and right around there, all of them were turned over to the state park system. Uh-huh. Um, there's going to be Fort Flagler, Fort Casey and Fort Warden. Got so uh, we're going to learn more about those in a later episode. OK, Um. And then my last place that I'm going to talk about today is the Georgetown Morgue, which oh, is in Seattle. Yep. Um, it was built in 1928 and it was originally named the Calling Mortuary Services of Seattle. Um, in 1939, the Broughton Brothers bought the facility and changed the name to Broughton Brothers, uh, Fun- oh. Broughton Brothers Funeral Service. That's a whole mouthful. Broughton Brothers Funeral uh, Service. Broughton Brother- I can like see the commercial for that already. Right I can hear it. Yeah. I just made it. Right. Yeah. The rotten Brothers. <laughs> funeral service. And to the Rotten Brothers. <laughs> or wait until you're dead. <laughs> You'll, be <laughs> You'll be here one way or the other. You'll <laughs> be here one way or the other. Your reservation today. <laughs> In 1943, uh, they actually expanded the property um, to be able to process a hundred bodies a day—that's—I mean, why? I don't know. What? I can't figure it out. What? But they ended up adding 2 a hundred and ten-foot smokestacks, okay. which is so disgusting because, like, they were burning these bodies, and the smoke was just going all over town. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. What happened? Yeah. Well, um, they actually have a different process for it now, but like. So a lot of people complained about it because they were like, yeah, so we can smell burning bodies and this like, like all the time isn't chill. And then Tacoma <laughs> was like smelling like Tacoma because of the paper mill. Like, yeah. Ugh. So yeah. Georgetown smelling like dead and, uh, Tacoma smelling like paper and probably also dead people. I mean, sewage probably. That, Sevage, that's the yeah. that's the best way to describe the smell of Tacoma sometimes. Still, yeah. <laughs> that's bad. It's bad. Oh my god! When I got out of my car did I get gas, at the like the seventy six, like down at the beginning. Oh yeah, of I know that road. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. So I, know. I know, and like right there, honestly, is also really bad because there's a huge homeless camp. So yeah, I don't- yeah I it's it. it's sketch. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did feel a little scared there. Totally. Right. A lot. So- I mean, well, that's why I don't get gas anymore is because I was actually going up the hill. Um, like after after work one day and uh some man tried to get in my car. You never told me this. Oh, sh- I didn't tell you this. Tell me this story. Oh, Pause my God. OK, so like we're sidetracking, which Side-track. is very normal for this so podcast. Normal. Um, so I was getting gas and it was like 11 at night and I had left work early because I really wasn't feeling well. I'm like, I was stupid. I should not have said what I said. But like at the same time, there was other people around. So I didn't feel like too scared doing it. Um, this guy who was clearly, he was clearly, uh, either coming down from something or going on to something came up to me. And like he had asked one other person too, and he was like, "Can I get a ride to this or an open store?" and I was like, "Um no i'm not i I'm alone right now, I'm not comfortable with that uh-huh. and like he walked over to my door and like uh-huh. try like almost tried to open, I was like, "No, I'm not giving you a ride, yeah and like he like just kind of walked away, and so now I don't get gas because it could have ended differently, so yeah, but it was my fault for saying that I was alone. I shouldn't have done that, but like you could clearly see there's nobody in my car, so like well, so was like, get the fuck away from your car. Get the fuck away from me. I said no. Yeah, you said no. And even then, like, I wasn't feeling good. I literally went homesick from work. I'm not going to be driving some dude around, uh, for a store that's not even on the way by my, or the way to my house. Yeah, so okay. Absolutely that's insane. The uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also, ha- okay, back to, back to the George. Anyway, back yeah. to this, yeah. Uh, back on track. Um, back on track. They, they also purchased, like, a little small home on the west side of the property. Um, and then on April 29th and 19th, or April 29th, 1965, a magnitude 5.7 earthquake hit the town. Um, it took down the west side of the building where the home was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also took out the entire upper floor, killing Charles Brown. Oh. Um, Henry continued to run the building and repaired it. Okay. But his, um, the are- yeah, the, the, Br- the Broughton brothers. Broughton brothers. Are uh, down to the Broughton brother. Oh, ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But he like he continued. He fixed the building and stuff, and like fixed the house. Um, but like Charles is is set to be or said to be Roman, Roman that area. Oh. Um, in nineteen sixty nine, the city of Seattle acquired the building and changed the name to the Georgetown Morgue. Um, it's kind of shady how they did it, how they acquired the building. They just acquired it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um. and repossessed it. Basically, basically there wasn't any, um, he didn't have any, like, people to take over. Sure. So, um, they were just like, yeah, here it goes. Um. I mean, it worked, I guess. It worked. They they did it. Um, They did it. They changed the name to the Georgetown Morgue. Um, and then the city converted the morgue and started also processing um animal carcasses for animal control. So that was extra fun. So uh they were they were burning through bodies and now um dead animals. They're kind of c- c- uh just like, you know, roadkill and stuff. I feel like there's a better way to do it. There and there probably was like, you know, cats and dogs and stuff from uh the, the human city and stuff like that. Just like I'm trying to picture Seattle like not how it is now, and it's just like really hard for me to picture it's, it's so funny. in my head. Like yeah, in my head, it's just like a lawless, dirty city. I mean, it still was. I mean, it still is. I guess. I'll, yeah, I'll get into it a little bit, but okay. yeah, it absolutely was super lawless. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that yeah. That so yeah, yeah, so they just like whatever animal control brought them, basically is what I'll say there. They had animal control. Uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, in the sixth, in the. Almost seventies, yes. <laughs> Wild. Wow. Um they stopped using the morgue in nineteen eighty three, um, but it was not actually brought or bought out again until the until nineteen eighty-nine. Okay. Just because like, you know, it was a morgue. There's there's definitely gonna be bodies in there. There's definitely um, a ghost here, yeah. Yeah. R-M-G. Um when they or when Richland Processing Corps brought it or bought it. They turned it into a meat packing station. So, uh, just think about that. Like all the bodies and animal carcasses that were processed in that building. Now they are packing the meat that you're going to eat in that building. I just hope that they scrubbed like the ceiling. Uh, you know, it was the eighties. So honestly, the or 80s. like the early nineties, probably not. They <laughs> used like the crematorium to smoke the meats. I haven't. I have no idea, but that is so gross. I don't know. I mean, it's a (laughs) multi-purpose building. (laughs) In 1947, jazz musician John Figgy Dorsey died. John Figgy Dorsey? John Figgy Dorsey. He went by Figgy. Cute. There was a break-in recorded that night, and the body actually was stolen. So... The body goes missing and the next morning, Mrs. Dorsey goes outside of her house and finds it dismembered on her front lawn. Why? Uh, nobody actually knows, like, why this even happened, what, what happened and when the purpose was. Yeah. And it like, I mean, it's safe to say she was fucked up. She like, not only lost her husband Shoot. the day before, but yeah. the body was then returned to her in pieces. How did he die? It doesn't, it didn't actually say, cause it like mostly just focuses on like the, the horrible details I mean, that they followed. Dismember him. Like who yeah. did that? So they brought it back and reassembled it in the morgue. Um, so it can be viewed. How did they get in? I mean, they, Honestly, they probably just walked in. It wasn't like a secure building. It was the 40s. I guess you're right. So, I mean, it was it was pretty lawless, yeah, still, still. Um, but she, Mrs. Dorsey, was so disturbed by everything I that she imagined killed herself. Uh, she couldn't really get past it or like the imagery or anything like that. That's so, AD. yeah, it is alleged that his ghost has been seen wandering the the building, and uh faint sounds of trumpets have been heard. Is it still intact, or is he wumbling in pieces? I don't know. That's a good question. I I hope he is intact. I would, you know, if he died intact, I would hope he is intact. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't exactly know how ghosts work. That'd be kind of weird. But then, like, what if well, he was set free, and then somebody cut him up, and then just, like, brought him back? And uh, now this is stark. Oh, that's... I mean the spirit world man spirit you know it works in mysterious way. the (laughs) The spirit realm the spirit realm um i mean stresses me out honestly like i would the minute i heard the trap beds i'd be like out anyways because there's clearly no music in my building i'd be like right (laughs) Mm -hmm. um (laughs) the there is also one other event that is set to or said to have taken place in the crematorium okay decrematorium massacre is said to have taken place the national morgue society um actually put out this record because there is no record of it in seattle uh like in the historical society or anything like that and that drives me fucking insane yeah um but there's a number of reasons why and i'll get into those okay so uh on that night two or three men who were said to probably be armed broke into the building, and forced all nine employees who were working that night to be bound and put them into the crematorium, into the furnace, alive. I just had Um, a question, and my first question that pops into my head is, why are there nine different people working in a morgue? I mean, maybe overnight was when, because of the smokestacks, maybe overnight was when they, like really got popping so it well, was popping off and there. are yeah. like, hey guys we can't do our work during the day we gotta do it all at night all at night we're just night owls i mean like i get it, I mean, I get it yeah. <laughs> um, so no witnesses or suspects were ever identified this is this is kind of like why i'm not sure if i believe this or not but based on the other things that are reported um it could happen um so the Bron brothers were not really said to have run a legitimate business. They like were it. said to have known where all the bodies were buried and to be working or with, buried. or not buried, right? right? They were said to be working with some pretty shady people to like have people go away. Um, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, it's a I have one name that comes <clears throat> to mind and I'm like, mm, she was probably involved. Oh. Um I'm probably gonna be doing a story about a lady named Linda Hazard. Ooh, okay. You don't that doesn't you didn't see that anywhere? Right. Okay, you'll hear about it. Okay. Yeah. I'm super excited. It's, like, it's a big thing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that um they're said to have known where known all the dirty secrets and also be like kind of wheeling and dealing with the city. Okay. Um it's also kind of fishy for me that then very next year, mm-hmm. the building was acquired by the city. Shady. Uh, yeah. And there were no, like the Broughton brothers didn't have any living relatives. So like it would have naturally gone to them, but like they were trying to buy the building at the time anyways. And they said no. And they said, so and they just happened and to disappear. They happen to have just, uh, been wiped off the face of the earth. So that is insane. And it, yeah, it is insane. And like I can, I can as a reasonable person look at it and see that there are no records of it with the city. I can't, I can't, I don't I understand. But I mean, but like also that time there were so many things that like you know were were attributed to police misconduct. Yeah, I know. And and like records went missing all the time. All the time. Evidence Nobody went missing did. all the time. Yeah, they're like whose knife is this? Throw it away. Right. Ah, this knife has blood on it. Wipe it off. Wipe it off. Girl, it's (laughs) gross. Yeah. So they were, they were also said to just be involved in some pretty dirty business, but like nothing has ever been proven. Nothing's been charged. Um, it's like, how do you charge this city? Do yeah, you know, right. Do you in charge, like, individuals or do you, tra- like, how does that work? Is it a group trial? I don't know. It's, I don't know how you charge It's a city. really, yeah. it is really weird. Um, that's shitty as fuck. So there, there's like, there's several reports that, that this happened. Um, from like, like, the family members or mostly from like, like historical morgue societies and things like that. Um, what is a historical morgue society? I, uh, I guess just, uh, just a place that holds all the, holds all the secrets of them. All the secrets of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, uh, this is kind of what I got for you for this site. Um, Damn. But it just, it just doesn't so have. a second. These big old, what are their names? The Broughton Brothers. The Broughton Brothers. Yeah. They were stone-cold murdered and, like, nobody said a goddamn thing. Yep. Also, at the time, um, Georgetown wasn't really even considered, or, like, Georgetown was only considered to be a part of the city um, at, like, 1910 because it was considered, like, the cesspool of Seattle. It still is. Yeah, it absolutely is. But, like, it was, it was, like, the Wild West out there like there were no rules there were brothels there were t- like tons of murders just all kinds of stuff that like was super below board in that area um so that's yeah i mean the i take it back it's, not a stress. it's on the outskirts it's next to the i get it i get why they would say that yeah, yeah, it's so, so it's out there, but it's it's out there. It's it's its own thing, but there are some nice places down there. There's actually like a nice market down there next to this bar. They have this like giant flea market out there, like every mm-hmm. once in a while, and people bring all their stuff and sell it. And hmm. I have browsed it. Well, as like every time I've seen it, like everybody's been packing up shop, but um, I have been curious about it because I did see some stuff that like well, that sounds kind of nice. Yeah. So you know, not a cesspool, but it's definitely out there on the skirts of Seattle. Yeah. Um well now they they also do um they also do a haunted house there now. See, that's what I thought. But like when I looked into it, I didn't find all this information. I found that it was just kind of gimmicky and I was like, oh, it's just another haunted house. I mean, but that that's another thing. Like it absolutely could just be the the gimmicky to like promote you know, the spooky history of Seattle because it is said to be like, we do have a pretty spooky history. We do have a very spooky history. So that's why, I don't know. That's why it's kind of like, did it happen? Did it not not. happen? Was it? Yeah. But either way, one of those guys died. Like, or the the, Botten Brother, he died. And there's no record of his death. That's wild. So... That's another thing, like, that makes you think that it could have happened is because there's no record to say how, when, why he died, where his body went, anything like that. Yeah. It's just like, we got the building now, guys. Yay. We've done our own thing. Let's send up a haunted house tour. Let's, uh, let's start, um, processing some carcasses, change uh, this name and get on in there. That's so fucking gross. So, yeah, um, there Damn. we go. Damn, I still don't get it. I don't get it. I, you That's know, shady. it's shady as fuck. It's so, shady as fuck. but you know, like like uh normal, I don't have any more answers uh, to the problem because usual <laughs> especially has no answers because from... I like it. I like a good cliffhanger. <laughs> you Like a cliffhanger forever. <laughs> <laughs> So we're moving on to my spooky spots. Yes. Are you ready? I, I'm ready. Let's get on. Let's get in with it. Get down to business. Okay. (laughs) Take me on a journey, Meg. (laughs) Take me on a journey. All right. So first we're hitting up the Everett Theater. Okay. So have you ever been there? No. Me neither. Never been. Okay. It was built in 1910. And the theater was one of the first projects undertaken by the Everett Improvement Company. I guess they decided that, yeah, they have their own committee to make Everett a little bit spiffier. Because, so. you know, it's 1910. <laughs> How do you jazz up the city in 1910? Bring the theater. Bring the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a corporation that was formed by... Do you want to take a guess? No. Who was it? It was by a railroad tycoon named James J. Hill. No! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to represent his interest in the city of Everett. Oh, he returns. He returns. <laughs> who knew he launched the theater? <laughs> I wouldn't judge that about him. Uh, you know, honestly, it wouldn't have been my first guess. It but... would, you know, but he. everything connects. You know, as I say, often all roads eventually connect. With it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had to add that in because he, he made it a comeback. And like, I had to put it in my notes. I was like, it might not be the same railroad tycoon that I'm thinking of, but like, I don't, I guess James is a pretty common name, but. Yeah. I don't know. What are the odds? We're just going to pretend that it totally is him. Yeah, we're going to re- pretend that. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> historically, the theater had been burned down by a fire uh twice. Once in the early days before the theater had really become anything at all. Like, they were part way through construction, and I think it burned down. And then again in the 1920s. And <laughs> I didn't... I couldn't find any information about, like, any deaths or, like, anything that happened as a cause of, like, either fires. There really wasn't a whole lot of background on that that I could find. And I thought, like, maybe I should just go to the theater and ask him directly. But then I didn't. I said, that's too far. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty far. It's a too far. Well, I mean, maybe the records burned down. Maybe the records burnt down, or maybe it was like nineteen ten, and there wasn't any records. And everything anything. just burnt down all the time, so it was like all super normal. <laughs> We're gonna get into that today. It's just it's fires, fires, delore, <laughs> Yep, yes. <laughs> um, after some renovations began in nineteen ninety three, was when a whole lot of like spooky activity began on a noticeable level, and um, the first person I'm going to tell you about is an apparition that they call the people that work at the theater. They call him Smiling Al, oh, which is blah, blah, blah. the grossest name to give anyone. That is. That, it gives me the absolute. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't love it. I don't love that either. Um, He said to have a large mustache and a permanent smile, like a perma smile. That would be the creepiest thing in the world. But oh, yeah. Um Many believe that Smiling Out is an actor of the past that maybe just kind of wanted to stick around. <laughs> I like watched an episode of The Evening 30, which was from 1995. <laughs> and I watched it on YouTube. And it was like so fucking cheesy. Oh. But it was really funny. And they had this paranormal investigation team going with like cameras. And they had a psychic come in to the Everett theater. Oh my. And all of the employees said that, like the smile, as creepy as it sounds, like it seems like more friendly than like menacing. I just, uh, I don't care how it sounds. I just don't like it really when people smile at me at all. I'm like, still, Uh, especially when they don't like stop. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the, that would be the weird thing if you like see somebody just smiling. And then they just don't stop. Oh, and then they like don't break eye contact. Ooh. No, just I mean, like a, a nice friendly smile, real quick. Should last like a little bit, and then you should go about your business. A you shouldn't be. No, I mean, like you know, like a couple moment. Okay, a moment, yeah, yeah. like a, a moment in time, a moment in time. Let's Flash yeah, a yeah, smile yeah. and go about your business. <laughs> The employee said in the interview that, like, the smile seemed more, like, friendly. He's more of a friendly ghost than, like, a menacing ghost. Um He has been reported to be seen a, a lot, like, in the projection room of the theater. Um, another employee claimed that he watched his coat rise and fall off the hook of the wall in the projection room. And then um others have claimed that the lights turn on and off by themselves and doors will open and shut on their own a lot in the theater. Which I think it's only actually, like, one theater. Oh, yeah. So how many doors to the have? Not that many, I don't think. I mean, I can't count for all the doors. I didn't do that hard of a job looking into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think there's, like, a whole lot of doors. Well, and if he's, like, always in the projection room, then why would they come to the conclusion that he was an actor? Why wouldn't he be, like, a projector operator. Maybe because, like, he has that dramatic mustache and, like, the dramatic smile, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. But, least, you know, everybody had a mustache back then. Like, so many mustaches. They're just making assumptions. Like, they don't know, I guess. You know, what, well, did, like, the psychic on the show, did they, like, name him and ask him who, his, who he was? No. You know, I didn't hear a lot from that psychic. I don't know... 100% what was going on. Oh. So he's been reported to be seen a bit in the projection room. Um One employee said that he had a rough time closing the door to the projection room. Like he had, like he could not, like he was trying to shut the door as he was leaving. And there was something on the other side of the door that was like pushing against him. The last time I visited the theater website, it looks like they... Actually, do like okay. Cause I, I looked at the website, but there was really no new information on there for like the last five years. So I thought that like they would let you, um, they did the thing at some point where they let people like pay for tickets and then they'd let them into their theater to like go do a ghost hunt and like go on a ghost tour. Oh. And that was a way that they were like trying to earn money for their business because I think it's the theater's not doing really well, guys. Um Well, I was going to ask you if it's still open. It is still open. I just don't think that they got a lot of business going on right now. So if you can, you know, go check it out. At least ask them if you can mount for some ghosts or something. Mm-hmm. I think we should. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. But. Yeah, so they used to do ghost tours there and, like, tickets were 15 bucks, but I don't know if they still do that or if it was a one-time thing, and then I tried to look it up on their website, and there was nothing available for purchase or anything, Um, like tickets. But they also, like, rent out their space, so I'm like, maybe they... uh, Can you, like, like, pick the hours? Like, Like, I think so, but, yeah, I if... I don't know what's exactly is going on with their business. Oh, but is it like a movie theater now or is it so like it's a, a playhouse? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Because it has like a stage, but it also has like a screen. Oh. So you can do it for both. Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. but that's the ever Theater. So. Yeah, we should check it out. Okay. At least call. At least call. We could at least call. Yeah, I, we're, I don't know what's going on it's today. Just, it's just a good day. That's it. We're just a little crazy. We're feeling a little silly, I guess. A little rambunctious. Yeah, a bit like <laughs> singing. Yeah, uh, had some tacos. Uh, had really good tacos. Anyway, we're going downtown. Let's go. We're gonna take you down to the um, Pike's Flicks Market. Okay, so. In 1851, people started settling in what is now um, the eastern shores of the Elliott Bay. When people originally migrated to Seattle, they went to the west side, I think, towards like Alki Beach. Okay. And they didn't like love it over there. I think they said that the winds were too harsh on that side and that like it's too beachy. It gets but, pretty cold. Yeah. So they hiked up and moved to the other side of the shore. And that is now where um, like the waterfront is That's for a- downtown Seattle. And then, um, yeah, so Hikes Place Market is located in Seattle, right above the waterfront. And now it's like one of the big tourist attractions in Seattle and it's full of individual vendors. It's full of like art vendors. It's got shops. It's got the fish market. It's got the OG Starbucks in there. And uh, it officially opened August 17th, 1907. And it was a successful local like farmer's market where farmers could sell their produce and crafts at like a much more reasonable price for people. Oh, that's changed. Yeah, it was, like, a really big success, and, like, it continued to happen because, like, it was so affordable for everybody, even through, like, the Great Depression, (laughs) even through, like, the wars. Oh. It almost went out of business in the 70s. How weird would that have been? I know. Because now, I mean, like, look at there. Look at all the tourists. So many. So many So many tourists. And just people and fish. And most people. Gum. And cheese. And ghosts. Oh, (laughs) how about these ghosts? Okay. So, uh, yeah, the land the market lies on was considered sacred by the Duwamish native people that were there originally. Of course. Before, you know, before we came there. And, um, it lies, uh, but without the power and influence of the council, the market was constructed anyway. Like, yeah, like always. So <laughs> We came to an agreement in 1855 and the Duwamish native tribe was told to leave Seattle and go to a reservation. Oh, and it, it was agreed upon. It was just like. OK. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't happen as peacefully as that, but. An agreement was reached, and the Doma Shipol left him. We came in and built Seattle. So that's where we start. Oh, good! I, it sounds like this is going to go really well. You know, the sacred land that we just, you know, took up shop. There's usually never curses like There's that. There's never curses. Never stuff curses like that. Never, never, never. Just When they really started developing, the entire city was constructed of wood because there was an abundant amount of lumber around at that time. Can I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but can I just make like one guess? Yeah. Is there a fire? You don't say. (laughs) Good gosh, you guessed it. Oh, wait, if you would have saw Meg's face at that minute, then you also would have laughed as hard as I did. I was sorry for that sound that came out of my mouth. <laughs> but, uh, she was throwing some, some insane looks at me. <laughs> You know, I don't even know what it looked like, which is it the was, best part. I don't know what face I made. It was so good. I don't, I don't know that you could have like planned it. <laughs> I think it was just a very natural thing that came to you. I make good faces. Okay. <laughs> so a fire broke out. Okay. Right. Um, and it has destroyed basically a big chunk of what they had developed. That tracks. That tracks, right? And um for this purpose, they actually, well, I guess they kind of fucked up at the beginning because they didn't raise the city at all. It was just sea level. Oh. And they were constantly getting, you know, flooded. And they had a big old muck on their hands because they decided not to build. They started when, like, the tide was out, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they fucked around and they found out. So I guess this was kind of a good thing because it forced them to re- start and then they had to raise the city. So now, you know, all those tunnels and stuff that are underground Seattle that we just sit on top of those. But there's all these like left over abandoned tunnels underneath Seattle. Have you ever heard of those? Oh, I have. Yeah. And they're partially built under a park like Pikes Place Market hmm So, because that's kind of where it first started. And so it's just, like, raised. And then those tunnels are supposed to be real spooky, too. And they actually do ghost tours down there, I think. They they did a couple of years ago. I don't know if they still do. I don't do. know if they still do or not, because the tunnels have kind of been taken over, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not down to cloud like that, but... No. I try not to fuck around in tunnels as much as possible. Um... I talk about some tunnels do you oh god Uh, I'm scared it's not it's not until we we head on over to Oregon oh my god because I I recently started my my next my next chapter (laughs) but tunnels yeah we're gonna well not all tunnels like but I'm definitely gonna talk about some tunnels so I once went hiking by myself and I was forced to walk through this tunnel that was like forever long and it was so dark and the entire time I was walking up to it I was like there's gonna be somebody waiting for me at the other end of that tunnel <laughs> that or there's somebody in the middle and I just oh, can't God. see them but I went through anyway okay and then I was like I came out and I was like looking up because it was you know like there's grass up here from the tunnel nothing And there was nobody there, but I was so terrified and I had nothing. I didn't even, you know, like I didn't even have stick. Where was this at? Um, was I? I think it was in, um, how was I think it was maybe Bellevue. Okay. It was like maybe Hmm. somewhere around that area. I don't, I don't fuck around with tunnels either. And then I got lost and I had oh, to go God. back through the tunnel to retrace my steps. No, and I was just as scared the second time. So that time I just ran. <laughs> yeah, you should always carry like, a, uh, don't know, like a big dagger, um, a medieval sword with you. Do you like carry a medieval sword with you? I mean, I, you know, if you got your strap, no big deal. <laughs> if you're just going on a quest, no big deal. Why wouldn't you have a sword? You don't call your hikes quests? Well, you are missing out. <laughs> I think my life just changed. Yeah. It's just a quest. It's just a little quest. I've my medieval sword, my coin purse of small change, and, and uh, shoes. Uh, I thought maybe like sliced bread. I feel like maybe, um, I, every time I see like a video game and they're eating, it's just like a weird sliced slice of bread. White yeah, bread. Dead. I think that's what they ate when they had quests and stuff. Well, you gotta get your carbs up. Now, what are they called? Missions? You know, like, oh, people no. have missions now. Oh, like, yeah. Like, missions have just adapted from being, like, quests. I think the... And there's less dragons th- and stuff. Orcs. Well, I mean, I guess we can't prove anything, but... We can't not prove anything. I don't know. We just got so off track. How do we know... Okay. Yeah. You're right. Well, now we're here. So we, we might as well stay. Okay. Uh, how do we know that pterodactyls did not breathe fire? I don't know. They probably, maybe they did. I don't know how anyone knows anything about dinosaurs. Like, you know how people just know things about stuff. And I'm just like, how do I, I don't even, what do you mean? But I, I how know how do you know that? Exactly. I, think. anyways, back on track. Let's do this. Anyway, so there's some tunnels under the city. And that's kind of spooky in itself. Um uh, So part of Seattle is built on top of old Seattle, which includes par- like parts where they built park like place market. <laughs> and. uh Yeah. So there's some spooky shit down there and you can access those tunnels, but people have been settled down there like doing drugs and stuff. So just like, yeah, if you go be careful, bring a buddy. At least one buddy. At yeah. least one. And don't, try not to make your buddy in the tunnel. Ha, have it going in is is what she's saying. Don't like acquire a don't buddy. Don't acquire there's, a buddy down there. There's no um, pick-a-buddy programs down there as much as they might want you to think there is. No. No. So uh, it was also mentioned that when they first developed um, the start of what would become Seattle, so the fire would be called uh, the most destructive fire in history of Seattle. Oh. Despite uh, the massive destruction of property, few to no deaths had occurred during this fire. It originally started in like from a pot of boiling glue in like a carpenter's shop or something. And it like poured down and caught something on fire. And then the entire town caught on fire. Oh, my God. And then he had to go back, the guy with the pot of glue, and he had to, like, say, no, 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 no. Like, this wasn't me. And then it was a bunch of people, like, pointing fingers at each other. So nobody actually really knows what started the fire. But it was assumed it came from a burning pot of glue. Um, I think the worst burn that you could ever get would be from burning glue. You know, what's even more ironic about it is probably because he 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 probably had to, like, participate in the rebuild since he was a carpenter. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter if he, like, did it or if not. If he did it or not. He's, he probably had to help. Yeah. Yeah. So despite this, uh yeah, the few to no deaths occurred, but some claim a young boy named James Goyne was killed in the blaze. But there's no reliable records that say that. Um and there's also there was just like a million orphaned children running around at the time. So like who knows, really? There was no kind of documentation. There's no kind of file system. Everything was pretty piss poor and off the books and just like whoops. People just just like ab- abandoned abandon their children downtown? Like I mean, I'm not people I think a lot of people died. There was a lot of things going on in mm-hmm. Seattle at that time. And it was, as you know, kind of a shady city. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mm. think there was just, there might have been just a lot of orphans. Oh, that's sad. I know. That's mm. sad. Um, the chief of Seattle, his oldest daughter was named Kiki Solovo. I think was how you say that. Okay. And Kiki Solomo, um, the people in Seattle decided to name this her Princess Angeline, but her actual given name was Kiki Solomo. Oh. So I'm going to call her that. Um She refused to leave whenever they signed that treaty. She said, no, nah, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> and she did. So... She built herself like a shack on the waterfront and um, between like pike and pine. She made a living doing laundry for locals and selling her like hand woven baskets, although they did not permit her to sell at the actual farmer's market, which is fuckery. You're going to call her a princess and not let her do what she wants. Oof. Wouldn't even let her sell her goods at the market like she can do it on the side. Shame. She can be on the side of the market. But she can't sell out the market. Shame, 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 So, but when she passed in 1896, uh, residents of Seattle gave her like a super honorable funeral. And they built her a coffin in the shape of a canoe. Oh, I know. She was actually really sweet. And she was uh, really like beloved and adored by people in the community. And I think she was buried at Lakeview Cemetery. I think that's kind of up the hill from where she was living. Uh, many visitors today report seeing Kiki Solomo? Solomo? Kiki Solomo. Kiki Solomo. <laughs> I should say it right if I'm going to say it right. <laughs> Wandering around the market and like the surrounding areas, she appears to some people as like a full body apparition. Mm-hmm. Hey, and she walks through walls slowly. And some say they have seen her like Bora change colors. Oh. From like white to pink to blue. That would be weird. And she is always seen wearing like a shawl and she has this bright like fabric kind of head wrap that she wears. Hmm. And she died as like a really old lady and that's what she kind of appears as. That's nice. Yeah. And she's said to always be smiling. She's also said to have like a really foul odor to her. Oh. In a weird way, but she's like a super friendly ghost. Oh, she lived right... On the water, like, she's so stinky. Yeah. As a coastal person. As a coastal person. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of people have said that when they saw her, they could not tell that she was, like, not a person. Oh, Until she disappeared in front of them. And they were like, oh, what the fuck. If you, okay, so if you died as an old lady Uh and you came back, what age would you want to come back? Like an old lady or would you want to come back as a different age? If you could pick. If I could pick, I would probably want to come back young, like young enough to be hot, but not, you know, like still young enough to be able to make myself look scary. Okay. As scary as I want to look. You know, I want to be young, but... I guess the, I don't feel you know, like you would appear to like if I, had I don't the know choice of being like a super old ghost or like a super young hot ghost, like which one would you choose? I mean, probably the hot ghost. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. But if I did make a choice, I think I'd want to be a hot ghost. I, I mean, like, I totally agree. Uh, but I guess it also depends on like, all right, so I'm an old ghost. Like, can I still do backflips and shit? I mean, I don't, I don't know how ghost rules work but oh, I Don't know either. I think that this is, the questions are so deep over here. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> we're so fucking off track. We can't get it together. Uh, no, we can't. No, we can't. But, you know, we're tripping along. Keep here going. We go. All right. <laughs> anyway, so part of where the market is located is where the city morgue used to be. And located in this area, there's, like, a ton of businesses, obviously. But one's been there for a really long time, and it's called Kell's Irish Pub. Okay. And it's said to be, like, super haunted. And it's probably because um, the history of the building. It was built by an Edgar Butterworth. Oh. And Edgar Butterworth was in the death business. Oh yeah, he first tended to the dead while owning a small furniture store in Centralia. Those things are not connected. They know. They know that, right? Listen, 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 listen. (laughs) Okay. Yes, I know. It's hard to go from furniture to like dead people. Okay, but during a diphtheria epidemic, um, which is I had to look it up, but it's basically like. Bacterial information in your throat? Like Balto. Sure. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Balto? The oh, ball? no, I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. He, but I know the story. He's a sled dog getting medicine. He's yeah, yeah. diphtheria. Diphtheria, because people couldn't breathe or swallow or anything. Yeah, so there was an epidemic of that going on. Hmm. So he started um, putting out, I mean, he owned a furniture store. He started putting out ready to ready to take home coffins. He was like, let me just build some coffins. People are needing these. So he kind of leaned into that. And uh, the former Centralia mayor and state legislator, he was, he moved to Seattle in 1892 and he bought out a uh, downtown undertaking business. So as Seattle grew, so did his, like his business. And as the deaths kept coming in, because there's epidemics, there's emergencies going on, there's just people dying all the time. There's nowhere to put all these fucking dead people. Oh, Because, you know, it's just like the early 1900s and it's hard times out there. Uh, uh, You die young. You die young, especially in Washington. But (laughs) he uh, he had a pretty big... He had good, like, he set himself up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, And in need of a bigger facility, he actually commissioned uh, the building of a three-story brick structure at 1921 First Avenue. All right. So the building opened in 1903, and that was, like, four years before Pike Place Market even began with be, like, two blocks away. But not only was this building um a mortuary, it was also built supposedly on top of a uh, Duwamish tribal burial ground. There's ghosts on ghosts on ghosts. Ghosts on ghosts on books. Ghost. Yeah. So he built this building and he did it like real snazzy. Oh, He made oh. it fancy. And he offered like a ton of packages for his funeral business. I want to, okay, I need to ask a question about him and I'm not sure if you know, but do you think he was like buying and reselling dead people's furniture and like that's how it connects? I just can't get over how this connects. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Huh. Okay. I don't know about his early years of being a furniture salesman, but I know he saw a side project and he leaned into it. How did it? Oh, I have more. Okay, keep going. Sorry. What's your questions? And how did this side project start? I just need to know. Like, um, I so I think I read something that it started when they were actually, um, uh, he was pioneering. Okay. To Washington, and he was like a carpenter, furniture builder, whatever. Is mm-hmm. it the same thing? I don't know. Well, maybe if he built wood furniture, then yeah. Okay, I don't know, but I mean everything's made out of wood, so probably <laughs> Yeah. but anyway, he was pioneering along, and people were dying left and right. oh, yeah, so he started making people coffins out of like the wood that they had, oh, okay, all right, like that makes sense. I um, I don't know, I just couldn't get past it like did he did he buy or like sell dead people's furniture, and that's how he was like, oh, dead people no, are really like, hot right now. I mean, I mean, I don't think they were fancy coffin. They were just like run of the mill coffins, like, you know, just built with a few pieces of wood that you got. Yeah. And like, did he did he bury the people, too? Like, what? I don't think so. What exactly did undertaking entail at this time? So after he got this business started, so his funeral packages were to. What was included was a transport of the body to the mortuary. Okay. Washing the body, dressing the body, embalming. Um, he did newspaper death notices, a limousine and hearse services, a casket, and then fresh flowers, a burial permit, and then an air sealed vault and musicians. That was in his package. I mean, that's a full-service package right there. It's a full-service package, and I think they kind of had varying levels for, like, what you actually needed. Okay. But, I mean, he offered a lot, and he made, like, a three-story building. Yeah. Well, for he, it, he wants you know? people to feel welcome. I don't, know, I don't know if that's the word, but, like, he definitely made room for, like, whatever he needed. Okay. Because, like, I think on... um. I don't know if it was this building or if it was the next building that he moved to, but he had like a full on like service hall that he made into the building. And I don't know if it was this one or the next one or if it was in both, but he had like a full on service hall. So like he offered a lot. He only if they didn't have anywhere to like have the funeral. He's like, oh, OK, I got a room upstairs. Oh, you don't got any choir singers? Don't worry. We got them. Right. I keep them on retainer. Can Uh, make a phone call. I don't know why he talks like that, but well. And then was it three stories and a basement for like a morgue, or was it like? So I think that other it was a, it was a basement, and then two stories. Okay, all right. Uh, So it was like three stories in total, but like it was actually above ground, something like that. So bodies of like the rich, the poor, the laborers. For so entrepreneurs, the old, the young, sick, healthy, they all passed through that building for many, many years. And um in 1923 was when he moved out of that building and he moved to a bigger facility up on Capitol Hill. Okay. Because he kind of like outgrew that space, which is weird to say, Um, but including... Of all these types of patients, or not patients, but uh, people that were, like, coming in and out of this morgue, um, many that came through the doors included some of the patients of Dr. Linda Hazard. And she was a very murderous doctor lady that had mm-hmm. an operation of her own in Seattle nearby. And she would often uh, torture patients in various locations all around downtown Seattle and throughout, like, the market, basically. I have never heard of her, and I need to know more. He will. Don't worry, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um. So the space set is, oh, and just a little, like, yeah. Never mind, we'll get into it. <laughs> okay. But so, the space set Kell's Irish Pub now sets um, used to hold the horses and the hearses in better worse and sons of mortuary. <laughs> I like that. I like that statement. The horses and the hearses, horses and the hearses. Um, it, so it was like concealed the part where you go into the pub. It's like concealed in the alley kind of. So cause they were doing, so it must have been underground. It was like alley access okay. so that people didn't have to see the bodies. Um, so Cal's pub has been there for a long time and it has gone, I think, through like many chains of hands, but it boasts claims of a ghost that appears in suspenders and like a hat that can be seen looking down on people from the second floor. But they assumed that this, whoever this person is, it was like one of the people that worked in the morgue. Hmm. But there have been multiple reports of glassware breaking in the bar and, like, random candles will just light themselves sometimes. Um, a lot of mediums have entered the space and have said there are at least, like, 14 tortured spirits in the basement. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Moving on to a different ghost. So one of the original founders of the market, Mr. Goodwin, who died in 1954 kept an office in the space next to like the basement. Mm-hmm. And that is now what, where the alibi room is, which is in different bar. Okay. And people say they see him appear. He appears like on the outside of the alibi room because there's bathrooms on the outside of it. Mm-hmm. And he'll kind of like, port, like point people towards the bathrooms. He's like an elderly guy. Oh, and very he, helpful. Yeah. Like he's just a helpful ghost. He asks tourists if they need any directions. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and that's sweet. And then there's another spirit of, uh, Goodwin's nephew, Arthur Goodwin, who was like also on the original plans for like developing Pike Place Market. And he has been look like he's been his silhouette is often seen looking down from the library from, um, there's now a Goodwin library. Okay. Where that, where he used to have his office building. And he has also been seen like swinging a golf club in his old office. Like he's just golfing, practicing. So leisurely. So leisurely. Does the, does the ghost, uh, the old guy ghost, um, does he give them accurate directions? I don't know. I would be, you know, It might be tough, but like maybe he knows everything because he's been around for so long. I mean, true. And then then you're like, stuck in his own time period. Well, that's kind of my question is like, do ghosts learn things? I just need to know more ghost rules. I also need to know because I think, I think it depends on the type of ghosts you are, Mm. where you can learn things. Are you, I think they call those like intelligent ghosts. Oh. And then there's like, I don't, want to say they're unintelligent, but they're just like stuck in their own like cycle, like, I guess. Because mm. like, like it'd be so funny if he was like, do you need directions? Yeah, I'm looking for this place. I don't know. Why that's, let's get out of here. It's like, what is Starbucks? <laughs> what is that? What is that? <laughs> why did you ask if you don't know where <laughs> you're that's a good question. I hope he knows, but like, I even mean, if he does it, it sounds like he's a really sweet guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I think it sounds wonderful. He sounds like he, a great, a great little help Frank. Frank, like he'll introduce himself as Frank and then he'll ask them if they need help. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. Arthur and Frank. Arthur and Frank, just, just oh. hanging around. Just hanging around. So in 1918, the Spanish flu epidemic killed over like a thousand people in Seattle. The spirit of one victim is an eight to nine year old stable boy named Jacob is what they think his name is. And he is believed to reside in the Mary Tales, Mary Tales toy store. Okay. Um, and he is a mischievous ghost. It's been said, and he's kind of poltergeisty, but that changed, um, a few years ago. Like the store owner, I made a little room for him, like, with his own bed. And she said that after that, the poltergeisty activity really calmed down. So maybe he just, like, wanted his own space. I have so many thoughts on that. Right. And none of them are going to be sure. Okay. (laughs) Because they're all going to be stupid. Okay, let's save your stupidity for the next. You know, but all I'm hearing like flus and epidemics and fires and everything like there is nothing that I'm not hearing that doesn't just scream curse. (laughs) I know. I, think I It's like, it's weird, right? It's like, why does all these bad things happen why do in Seattle? All these bad things happen here. It's because Atlanta's cursed? Because it's hella cursed. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we should have made a different choice, but. <laughs> decisions, decisions. Top choices, curses forever, or just starting. Let's just start oh man no mad <laughs> no. so another uh spirit is m- she okay so she's referred to as the fat lady barber like that was what her spirit name is okay yeah but mm-hmm. she is one that lurks around pike Place market at night um evidently in the 1950s uh this fat barber was known to like sing her customers to sleep with soft lullabies and then after they were comfortably snoozing she would rob them of anything valuable or any cash that they had in their pockets so i don't know if she was actually a barber it sounds like she was uh she was not like a fat lady barber is she's a a thick thief she's a thick thief and maybe a I don't know if she was a barber or not, but she is thick with two C's. I would say that. But I don't have <laughs> any pictures of her, but I just think it's kind of rude. Like, really fucking fat lady. Rude. I mean, I guess if she like just robbed you, you might say differently. I don't know. You know, you, you're you, might people get pretty mean when they just when got they robbed. Get robbed. I guess that's true. Don't fall asleep. Right. She was just singing you to sleep. Well, that's on that's on you then. Yeah, Don't, be so on you. The time, Don't be so tired all the time. I guess tired. I would fall asleep easily, and then I oh, like, people were oh, always well. being sick. Like I'm sure they were working to death. So oh yeah, it and like I mean, you. what they were like in their thirties? This is right like <laughs> near death, you know. Right near death, exactly. I'm knocking on death's door. So, um sometime later, before renovations were made to the market in the 1970s. An area of the floor gave way, and she fell to her death. And today, maintenance workers report that they hear sounds of lullabies when they're cleaning at night. Just don't fall asleep, guys. I would nope so hard out of there. Would you hate to die falling through a floor, though? Oh, it'd be terrible. Terrible. You know, there's that show Ghosts. Have you seen it? Um, Ghosts. Ghosts. It's, uh, it's really good. I like it. It's on Paramount. Um, I've never seen it. Oh, you'll have to check it out. Okay. It's really cute, but like, there's some people who are like super embarrassed by their death. I, and I just like, oh my God, if I'm a ghost, I just don't want to like die on the toilet. I don't want to die in such an embarrassing way. Like, you know, I know I'm not going to like go out swinging because it's just not my lifestyle, but let's. No, absolutely I just, not. I just want people to like be able to like say why I like how I died without being like, uh, she um, she fell down those stairs and then like rolled off something and hit her head and that was that. Like, what was that? She just hit her head. She just tripped over herself. It was nothing on her there. and then. Her brains just went ka-plat somehow on the phone. Oh, like, she got attacked by birds? <laughs> oh, my God. And then she ran into a bus? I mean, that would be an interesting way to death. Right? Or even, like, you know, I could see me easily getting, like, attacked by some wildlife. Sure, I'll try to rescue anything. Uh, but... Yeah. But, like... You know, I wouldn't mind that being a story unless it's like she rescued a raccoon and got some rabies. And then, you know, that was that. We had to put her down in the backyard. Well, duh. 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 Like, so uh, Mm -hmm. falling through the floor, that would suck so bad. You definitely have to make up a story. Like, I, I was sabotaged. Somebody cut floorboards and I... How are you going to trade. tell that story if you're dead? Well, are you going to leave a note in your pocket every day just in no. case you fall through a floor? <laughs> if it was, if somebody set me up. What would that even say? That was what it would say. Somebody set me up. I mean, now only you saying it, it's really not a bad idea. They're just going to immediately start looking for all of your enemies. What a note to keep in your pocket your whole life. You never know when it's going to come in handy. But it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Just to make things a little bit more dramatic. Let's point the finger. I'm moving down to Sheila's magic shop, which is also be said to... um be haunted by the spirit of a woman who inhabits, like, a crystal ball? Oh, I've been in there many times. Have I you I really? Seen it. I love that magic shop. You, magic shop? Oh, it's still the same one, absolutely. I think it is. i I've gotten so many stupid things there. Oh, my God. Tell me the stupidest thing you've gotten there. Um, I got this uh magic deck of cards, I guess. Uh-huh. But it seemed like just a regular deck of cards to me. Okay. So I think I've overpaid by like $10 oh, for, for a deck, deck of, of cards. cards. It's a fucking loser. But you never even <laughs> figured out if they were magic or not. You've just never known how I to actually, do the trick. You go to with like, how do I do it though? Exactly. <laughs> with instructions. Magicians never tell. They just overpay. He was still So that was probably the dumbest thing that I've ever Have you bought seen that there. That a crystal ball, then? I don't know. Maybe I know uh, that there's like some things like that in there, but I don't know if I was ever like looking for a haunted ball. You know? I guess. I guess she's um, been called Madame Nora. Okay, and she uh, haunted the Pharaoh's treasure shop before landing at Sheila's magic shop. Okay. Yeah. So according to the tale, the pharaoh's treasure received the crystal ball from an old woman who wanted to trade it for a scarab. Um, I don't know what a scarab is. It's like a, a beetle that will, you know, in the mummy, when he got all those beetles in the coffin with him, those oh, were yeah. scarabs. Ew. Yeah. Why would you want that? Maybe to eat. Mm. No. You know, eat what, eat, eat the predator. Okay. So, although the old woman warned, like, the shop owner that the spirit of Madame Nora was residing in the crystal ball, um, the owner thought a little of it and, like, was just like, okay, okay, crazy, That's fine. <laughs> you want a goddamn bug, like, you want a sure. bug loser. <laughs> anyway, so, but then almost immediately, unexplainable things started to happen, um, numerous objects being moved around during the night, um... Madame, Madame Nora is said to have been a woman who ran a place called the Temple of Destiny in the earlier days of the market. Okay. So she was kind of already in the area, I guess. Hmm. And she was known to have practiced crystal gazing as, like, part of her thing, um, and Egyptian sand dividing, and then Indian psychic projection. And so she continues to leave her paranormal imprint today. So she's like... She was just a super cool lady. She was just doing all the witchy things, and then she got herself trapped in a ball, and now she's just causing a ruckus. Do you think this is kind of like a a genie situation where you just have to, like, rub it a lot? If you find the right one, I mean, you can fuck around and find out. That's very true. I mean, but, like... I'm game. I wonder if that's what the the Christina Aguilera song is actually about. It's about Madame Nora and her ball, you know? You got to rub her the right way. Maybe. I don't think that's what she's talking about, but maybe. Well... My girl can dream. A girl can dream. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just going to say maybe. Maybe. yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. At the Greek deli called uh, Mr. D's in the Triangle Building, the owner tells his spirits that are known to be fighting in the downstairs walk-in freezer. Okay. there's just a fight going on in the freezer all the time and nobody wants to deal with it. And the staffs are just like they said, "Nah, they don't go in there. They just like they just just don't go in there. You know, I was so this could be like totally just I watch way too many movies. Uh But like what if he has just like a tape recorder of like two people fighting down in there? (laughs) And then he has, like, this sweet setup office where he goes in and disappears. So, uh-huh. like, but that like, keeps everybody else out because they're like, ah, shit, that's haunted as shit. But then so they're there's are like, like, a tape recorder. Larry, we need tomatoes. Can you grab some? And he's like, okay, I got it. No, I got it. Uh-huh. And he's got to come out of his lair and bring up some tomatoes. He's <laughs> the only one that'll go down there. He's like, <laughs> fine, fine. Right. And he, like, pretends that it's such a big deal yeah, to go down there. Like, huh. But there's like a nice bed. And he's got some snacks and that like that. Sounds quite lovely. Yeah, I would like to have a bed at work. So nice. I would never do anything. I they always be like, "Where's Ashley?" And i am be like, "Busy. I'm in bed. I'm dealing with a crazy situation right now. I'm sorry." Yeah, something came up. Something came up. Um, at the Shakespeare and Co. Bookstore. The owners would arrive every morning and find the same book up the shelf and on the floor. It'd be so bad. Right? So they brushed it off for like a while and they would just put it back and it kept happening. And they would just find it on the floor again the next day. The same book. So eventually they just tossed it out. They just destroyed the book. They said, never mind. We don't need this. <laughs> what book was it? I don't know what book it was. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh I wonder if it was a placement of the book, like... What if they got another copy? Do you think? You're, I wonder if like the book itself. The book like, itself. I fucking hate this book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think like you sold that book and it was like so much. I'd be so pissed. You sold me a fucking haunted book. I'll I think, think it's a haunted book. Oh, man. I mean, but if you had to pick it up every single day, if like all it did yeah, it wasn't like that be cool haunted. Where it like unleashes curses nice. on the world or whatever. It was like one of those books that just makes a mess. Ew. That is a haunted ass area. Yeah. It's spooky. It's- <laughs> They're active. I wonder if and they like, have like ghost parties. Uh, Cursing mischief, you know? Oh yeah. You know? It sounds like a fun, fun activity. Like I, I'm going to approach Pike's Place Market with such a different view now. I know. Now it's just like a little bit. There's been a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit buried (laughs) in this grounds. There's so much shit buried in those grounds. I was so excited to go and like stir up some shit, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we could go. Definitely. It's not that far. No. But I don't want to be there, really. Like, I'm afraid to go ghost hunting there. Oh, okay. It's kind of sketchy. Well, I. Especially at night. It's not like the, the most like fun time for me either. Cause that's just like too many people in general. Yeah, and when like, there's not too many people, it's like. That's when the, the coldest. Come out. I know, right? Mm. And it's like the coldest area of the entire world. Well, is that all the spooky spots we have or do we have any more? Yeah. 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 Lay it on me. Have you ever heard of Saint Ignatius Hospital? There's that one. <laughs> that was my spooky boy. Ooh, that was really <laughs> spooked. I <laughs> was like, so good. <laughs> okay. So, I'm taking you over to uh, Colfax, Washington. Okay. Um, St. Ignatius Hospital was built by Mother Joseph Parisou in 1893 after a local reverend saw that the area would definitely benefit from having a hospital around. Because I think the nearest one was like 200 miles away. So it's real close. Yeah. Just so down the road. Just down the road. A few hours in the car. um, Quick train ride. No, they had horses and stuff. So it was... People just weren't making it. <laughs> you know, that's a long trip. <laughs> you yeah, get halfway there. They just got to carry all the way back. So uh, could you imagine like getting sick? Like, how <laughs> bad? Is it? Because <laughs> I mean, if you think you're not going to make it, we might as well not even try. We might like, as well not just... even go. <laughs> like, I do know in a way. Somebody waste. else assess them because they cannot assess okay. themselves. All. I do not want to waste three days taking you to a hospital if you're just going to die on a day and a half. Okay, so tell me, fair, fair. I don't know, but. Um, yeah. So the reverence saw that the area would benefit from a hospital and the hospital had served. Um, it served as Whitman County's hospital until 1968. Okay. When it was decommissioned. Also, the St. Ignatius School of Nursing was established in 1911 and it graduated its class of nurses. And by 1936, a separate dorm for nursing students was opened and Washington state's first two male nurses graduated. Oh, from like the nursing program there—that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so it had been unused since uh, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. All right, and then um, it has been abused, unused since two thousand three. <laughs> since um, nineteen eighteen ninety three, Saint Ignatius served two different purposes. One was as a hospital and one was as like a facility for developmentally disabled adults. Okay. And then it was built because an offer of free water, land, and like an interest-free loan of $3,000 and like another $5,000 promised from the Chamber of Commerce. Um, and the town of Colfax won the bid. So like basically, whenever they proposed this idea, all of these cities were like, they were like, here, this is what we can offer if you will build a hospital here. And then um the town of Colfax, like, won the bid. They put in the best offer. I okay. said, we'll give you $5,000 from K-Bug Commerce. We'll give you an interest-free, like, an interest-free loan, and we'll give you, like, free water off the land. Oh. And then, like, land. Sure. Yeah. So, I inter- like, I listened to an interview with um Valerie Gregory, and Gregory was, like, She's the executive director of the Downtown Association and works for nonprofits for the city of Colfax. And uh, she mentioned that during the past few years, Gregory said she had heard a handful of like full on conversations when she saw a dark shadow come down the hall and felt a ghostly kick in the back of her foot when no one else was there. Oh, that's such a shitty like, place to foot. Urgent to like get kicked. Yeah. yeah. She's got a flat tire. She's got a flat tire. Oh. Yeah. So, um, she heard like feet running up the stairs, once as loud as like but she could hear like multiple feet. No. It was like a, a crowd. Ugh. And she said that but she was the only one in the building. I really and that for her. The building was used at a time during, like, this when the Spanish flu was happening. So, although the hospital was around during that time, like, okay, we know hospitals from this time period. Straight up, like, not good business, really. No, like, typically we don't hear great things about hospitals in like the eighteen and nineteen (laughs) hundreds. No, just like bleed it out, or yeah, but this. Hospital, like, it never got a hospital, like, reputation for doing anything bad. Like, it was just a fucking hospital. (laughs) Yeah. It did good things. (laughs) Like, it saved people. And then, like, it started a nursing program. Like, it became a teaching hospital. And then it, like, it served as a hospital for a really long time. And it was basically the only reason that the hospital got decommissioned was because people couldn't. Really afford to like keep it running. Okay. Yeah. So like after, um, a certain amount of time, like it just kind of got too expensive to run. Yeah. Versus like what they were actually getting from their patients. Cause a lot of times, cause it was like a, like a religious hospital, I think. So a lot of it was like donation. Mm. And, and wasn't then, like, it like in a pretty rural area? Yeah. So no, it probably wasn't like. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was used by like a lot of people like it was the main hospital for the the area but like just over time it just got too expensive to run Mm -hmm. and that's why it got decommissioned and now the building is currently sitting on like the historical society's most endangered list and that's why it was Gregory's the lady um it was her idea to like open the building up as a tourist attraction in 2015, in order to bring in revenue to keep the building around. And so they hope to make enough off of, like, private tours and events to, like, save the building and keep it around. And the building has been investigated by, uh, like, big, big names. Like, Ghost Adventures did an investigation there. Mm. Paranormal Lockdown did. Um, Ryan and Shane from, like, YouTube. Okay. BuzzFeed Unsolved, like, they did. An investigation there were they fruitful it was i did watch it it was mostly funny but mm. i just think they're funny <laughs> um i just want to tell you about one of the ghosts that has been like pretty active there okay and this is kind of like the last little bit that i have um <laughs> so one of their most like interactive ghosts i guess they think it's the hospital's first patient, and they have named like his name was like E. F. Martin, mm-hmm. and he died there in 1893. And I just wanted you to guess how he died. Oh, I just wanted you to guess how he died. Okay, in would 1893. like 1893? Would a note have have benefited him? Like, would you set me up have benefited him for how he died? Um, I mean, kind of. Did he die of like diarrhea? No. What did he die of? He was crushed between two train floors. And of course he died. Cause everything is connected. And so it said that his ghost Uh, remains at St. Ignatius and haunts its halls. He had no chance. I know. Of course he didn't. But it's just like, of course he was killed by trees. Oh, stars. my gosh. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. I know. <laughs> well, OK, so is his is his body like all crushed up or is it like? I think he was. Yeah, like it didn't. I didn't get a ton of information, but like it didn't sound good. I don't think he made it through the day. Well, I mean, like in that point, that would be one of those times where it's like, are you going to make it? I mean, he how made it. Feel? He did make it to the hospital. Okay, like, he didn't make it after that. <laughs> cool. And then, like, how do they see him? What is he like? What kind of stuff does he do? Um, so they have seen like full body apparitions of him, and then he has like a particular room, I think, in the hospital that he like he kind of inhabits. Hmm. That people have caught EVPs from that. And I think some people have said that they've seen, like, a full-body apparition from him. Oh, that's spooky. Isn't that gross? Um, People who have done tours of the building have claimed to, like, hearing voices, being touched, being pulled on, being hit. Mm. And then, like, seeing objects move on their own. And, like, you know, full-body apparitions. But they currently are still doing tours of the property. Oh, that's so fun. to save it. So... I signed us up yes. we have a field trip, oh when? um probably in April I'm <laughs> so, so excited, I know I was so excited, especially I because I have two weeks off, so
1: I' know. We well, well I don't this.
0: know if it's I don't know if it's during our two weeks off, okay, and it's on a Saturday night, okay, from like eight to eleven All the time. We'll do it, yeah, yeah. I am so excited, I know I was. Uh, I was okay. like, and on a surprise. I should buy this. Yeah, <laughs> we should go. Well, that's so great. Yeah. I I really enjoyed that ride that you took me out. That it's was good. pretty. I told you it was long. The, I loved it, though. That was a good. I mean, like, also, we probably elongated it by like 20 minutes. So that's just oh, jacking around than that. Yeah, yeah like just, for sure. just fucking around and we'll get some of it down. We'll get some <laughs> of it down for sure. We're going to try. Yeah, Cause I'm sure a lot of that information was not necessary. There is a lot of unsubstantial, you know, conversation. you didn't come here for that. But <laughs> that's just where we go sometimes. And you got to if you're going to go like you got to be 100 percent in. Right. Or you could skip ahead. That's fine, too. Uh, okay. Well, thank you uh, so much for for doing all that research and making it such a wonderful story. I loved it. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you for the next one. Have a good one. Bye.